Welcome to my secret obsession. I'm Cherish Lively, and I invite you to indulge your secret obsession by joining me as I read thriller and spicy romance that will get your heart pounding with chills and thrills. So relax, and let's take a journey together. 49. Stay Safe Lexi showed Evan Cleo's photo of her grandparents, Sage and Silas Morelli. These are the ones who worked on the top-secret psychic program. There were all kinds of rumors about what they were trying to do, but I think it's fair to say that some of the rumors are true. Hello, Cleo said with excitement at the sight of Lexi. And who is this handsome man you've brought here? Cleo's powers were nothing compared to Lexi's potential, but she could spot the goodness in Evan. Lexi set the photo back into its spot and faced Cleo. She motioned with her hand. Cleo, this is Detective Evan Steele. He's working on the Strangler murders. Cleo brought her hand to her chest. What a nightmare this has been. I'm so grateful that he didn't choose Lexi. It's terrible about her neighbor and daughter, though. I wish you luck as you hunt down this monster. We are doing everything possible, Evan assured her. Lexi began. Thanks for fitting us in today. I have a few questions. Well, I am happy to help. Come on in. Cleo tilted her head towards her reading room. Let's have a seat in here. Evan entered the room. He'd visited a few psychic shops before, but always for work. What he'd always figured was a scam may actually have some truth to it. He pulled out Lexi's chair and then sat next to her. Cleo sat across from them. How can I help you? Cleo asked. Well, Lexi began. Something happened last night. I'm not sure you can help us, but maybe you can point me in the right direction. Well, what happened? The strangler came to me while I was dreaming last night and started strangling me. Cleo's mouth dropped open. Just wait, it gets better, Lexi continued. I woke up and he was still there, crushing my chest, strangling me. Evan added, I thought that maybe he was invisible, so I shot at him. The bullets didn't hit anything but Lexi's wall. Oh my God, Cleo said. How terrifying. Lexi continued. Things went downhill from there. He possessed me. Think exorcist, Evan added. Cleo brought her hand to her mouth. Are you sure? Lexi let out a harsh laugh. Yeah, he was in my body or my soul. I'm not sure which or both but he had full control over me. It was like I was pushed aside to some tiny corner of my mind while he took over. She tried to kill me, Evan said. How did you get him out? Cleo couldn't believe Lexi survived a possession. Evan started reading a protection spell from your grimoire. I started chanting it. Then this red ball of energy formed between my hands. I used it to shove him out. Cleo blinked repeatedly with her mouth open as she processed this. What you did is amazing. Most people don't survive possession, she scoffed. Possessions are very rare. Most of the ones you hear about are mental health issues. In a true possession, the evil spirit usually crushes the victim's soul when it takes over the body. And if they survive at all, they're left with diminished cognitive capabilities. He probably thought he could use your body to kill the detective and kill you in the process. 
Lexi asked, Do you know anyone we can talk to? Lexi, Cleo reached across the table and took her hand. Your untapped powers are incredible. I can see why your mother was scared. You can't let anyone know about your abilities. You can't talk to anyone about this. A knock sounded on the door. Come in, Cleo called out. A beautiful young brunette peeked her head in. Hi, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted to say goodbye. Oh, Nikita, Cleo stood and embraced her. This is my granddaughter, she said to Evan. Evan noticed immediately that Nikita fit the Strangler's victim profile. Beautiful, brunette with wavy hair. If the Strangler had supernatural powers, he could somehow overlap with Cleo's shop or circle of friends. Evan tapped Lexi's thigh and whispered, touch her and the jewelry. Lexi's brow pulled together, but then she stood. Nikita, that necklace is beautiful. Where did you get it? She made her way to Nikita. May I touch it? Nikita hesitated, but then lifted the detail of butterfly charm. I got it from a friend, Peter. When Lexi touched the gold butterfly, she closed her eyes in hopes that she would get a reading. She did. The very same images of the storage armoire, plastic boxes, and file cabinets flashed through her mind as the ones she saw when she touched Anna's necklace at the law firm. She swayed, but Evan grabbed her by the arm before she fell. My goodness, Cleo said. Are you okay? I must have gotten up too fast, Lexi replied as Evan helped her sit. It's beautiful. Peter must really like you if he gave you such a wonderful necklace. Nikita smiled. Yes, he's a very special man. Cleo's face was twisted in confusion as she watched the scene play out in front of her. Then, with a smile and kiss to Cleo's cheek, Nikita strolled out of the shop. Cleo's heart burned in her chest. What's wrong? she asked. What did you see? Lexi wasn't sure what she should say. Cleo was a family friend. If she didn't say anything to Cleo and something happened to Nikita, she'd never forgive herself. I'm not sure. I sent Maggie out of town. You need to take Nikita somewhere. Don't scare her, but go on a road trip. Cleo's wrinkles around her eyes were tight with concern. Does she know the killer? Lexi shrugged. I don't know. Is Peter a lawyer? Tears puddled in Cleo's eyes. With a nod, she said, yes. With the Wolf and Baker Law Firm. Evan did an internal fist punch into the air in celebration. They finally had a good lead. They'd get this fucker. Maybe even before he could kill again. Take a trip, Cleo, Lexi repeated. Stay safe. 50. Dark Web We got him, Evan said as they exited light as a feather. He was ecstatic. They'd get the fucker. He just had no idea how. He glanced at Lexi, who was already searching the names of lawyers at the Wolf and Baker Law Firm on her cell phone. Hinkle. That's his last name. Peter Hinkle. She shifted the cell phone screen so Evan could see his headshot. Arrogant little shit was going down. Lexi slid into the car on the passenger side while Evan got behind the wheel. He started the engine and looked at Lexi. 
You need to figure out how to keep him from possessing you again. And you. He could easily get into your head. That's what she would do if she was in a fight to the death. That's exactly what this is. Getting rid of the detective would render her legally useless. Well, then I'd be fucked, Evan replied. He'd been so busy thinking about Lexi that it hadn't occurred to him that this fucker could possess him. That would leave him either a vegetable or dead. Neither scenario sounded good. Well, I'll put some sort of protection spell on you. We need to go back to my place and get the grimoire. Lexi read out some of the facts and tidbits about Peter that she found on the internet. Most of it was work-related. He didn't have a big social media presence other than a popular work-related site. Hopefully, he's at work right now and too busy to do anything to us, she said. What did you see when you touched the necklace? Evan asked. A storage armoire, plastic boxes, file cabinets, the same stuff as when I touched Anna's necklace on Tasha Newton. My guess is that it's in a basement or a storage unit. Anything damning? His grip tightened on the wheel as they turned onto Lexi's street. Nothing obvious. He must keep tokens or souvenirs in there. There has to be a reason why both of the stolen pieces of jewelry pointed to that room. Can you get a search warrant? His jaw clenched. No, I don't have any reason to. No link or connection to give the judge a reason to think Peter Hinkle is the strangler. Damn it, Lexi cursed. What the hell are we going to do? Well, I'm not sitting around to be head-fucked and die, Evan said as he pulled into Lexi's driveway. Let's get that protection spell on me. You need one, too. Lexi sat at the dining room table reading the grimoire. Anxiety threaded through her like some alien virus invading her body. She had already done the protection spells and even did one for the house. Evan came into the room. I poured salt around the house. The insanity that salt would keep them safe from a man who could possess people wasn't lost on Evan. I don't feel any different. She looked up from the grimoire. What? He shrugged. The protection spell. I don't feel any stronger or anything like that. She let out a sigh. I don't either. But they're there and working. We need to have faith. He let out a sarcastic laugh. Faith, everything I've ever believed is being shredded right now. Paranormal shit is real. He shook his head. I didn't see that one coming. She closed the grimoire, returned to her computer. Going under the dark web was like opening a portal to another world. The information she found on possession read like a movie script. Her knowledge about her gifts was so limited that she had no way of knowing what was true and what was completely made up. What are you looking for? Is there something I can do to help? Evan asked. Well, I'm looking for anything that will make me stronger than him. You work on tying Peter to their deaths. She pointed to the whiteboard where all the information about the victims was displayed. Once I stop him, he'll be your problem. How are you going to stop him? She stared at Evan. She was formulating a plan but she knew he wouldn't like it. I don't know yet. I'm working through the details. 51. Nikita. Oh my God, Evan barked. Nikita! If he gave her one gift, 
what are the chances that he gave her other souvenirs? Souvenirs that will tie him to the murders. Everything hangs on Nikita. She's our way to get a search warrant. We could possibly arrest him. Lexi tossed out her hands and gasped. Of course. Go to her place and see what else he gave her. Hopefully she hasn't left with Cleo yet. Cleo followed Nikita to her bedroom. Hurry, let's get out of here, Cleo begged. She nervously fiddled with her hands as she watched Nikita grab clothes. If Peter had possessed Lexi, he could do the same to Nikita, and she wouldn't survive. The doorbell rang. Cleo's heart jumped in her chest. If it was Peter, he'd have to get through her before getting to Nikita. She slowly headed down the hallway. Grandma, Nikita said as she brushed past her, what is with you? This panicked frenzy you're in. Are the cops after you? Wait, Cleo gasped and followed Nikita down the hall. Don't answer it. Nikita looked over her shoulder at her grandmother. Is there something you're not telling me? She grabbed her cell phone from the sofa and looked at the camera image. A handsome man held up his badge to the camera. It's a cop. The police? Cleo asked. Let me see. Nikita handed her the cell phone. She recognized Evan. He's safe. You can let him in. He's safe, Nikita repeated. Jeez, this killer has really gotten to you. She pulled open the door and said, Hello, officer. How can I help you? Evan slid his badge into his pocket. We met just a little bit earlier. I'm Detective Evan Steele. I'm here to ask you some questions. I think you may be in danger. Cleo stepped beside Nikita and added, Come in! Hurry! She waved her hand as invitation. Nikita was annoyed as she stepped away to make room for the detective. What is going on? she asked. You're friends with Peter Hinkle. We believe he is the strangler. Nikita's face contorted in confusion. What are you talking about? No way is he the strangler. Peter was one of her best clients and was always respectful. She'd never gotten a vibe that he was weird or dangerous. Evan cleared his throat. We believe the necklace you showed us earlier at Cleo's came from one of his victims. Are there any other gifts from him? Kita's brows pulled down with concern. Yes. He regularly gives me little presents. Please get them. We're going to contact the victim's families and see if any of the items belong to their loved one. And please don't leave. We will need to speak with you again. As Nikita walked back to her room, Evan turned to Cleo. Have you set a protection spell on her yet? Yes, that was the first thing I did. Then she headed into the kitchen and returned with a container of salt. I don't have enough to do the whole house, but I can do this room. Nikita walked down the hallway with a shoebox-sized plastic container. Inside were various pieces of jewelry, a scarf, and a crystal figurine. I have more knickknacks around the house. She handed Evan the box. Cleo began a chant as she poured salt onto the floor. Grandma, what the fuck? She paused when Cleo stared her down. What are you doing? Cleo set one hand on her hip and held the salt in the other. I'm protecting you. Nikita rolled her eyes. God, salt is not going to protect us from the serial killer. You and your psychic stuff. 
You're being fanatical. She walked back and forth over the line. Look, you don't think he can do that if he shows up? Cleo stood tall. When this is all over, you'll think differently. Maybe she shouldn't have shielded Nikita from the reality of the dark side of the paranormal. Nikita just saw the fun, harmless side. The tarot cards, reading tea leaves, and communicating with the other side. She had no idea the dangers involved. Nikita rolled her eyes and then turned to Evan. Do you really think Peter is the serial killer? It looks that way. Do you remember what nights he came to visit you? Some of them. She had everything recorded in her work journal, but she couldn't tell him that, especially not in front of her grandma. She picked up the amethyst to crystal necklace. He gave me this one recently. Evan noted the purple accents that would match with Kelly's purple Venetian mask. He checked his notes. On the 15th? I'd have to look at a calendar, but that sounds right. It was a Friday. That was the night of Kelly Reed's murder, Evan said. She's the one who was on the internet, right? Nikita's stomach churned. It can't possibly be Peter. Her voice betrayed the desperate need for him to be innocent. Well, we'll see what the evidence says, Evan replied. 52. Soul Searching Lexi set up the altar in the middle of her entertainment room. Candles were lit. Crystals were scattered about. Flowers and herbs were in their rightful places. She had no idea what she was doing. She had to do something. Even if Evan could pin the murders on Peter, that wouldn't stop Peter from killing again. With his psychic abilities, he would literally be unstoppable. And she had no idea how much stronger he could become. Would his powers continue to grow? If Peter had the ability to hunt for people through his mind, like he did when he ended up in her bedroom, no prison could contain him. He could kill world leaders or anyone who plotted to stop him. No way in hell could Peter be trusted with this gift. Everything she'd read on the dark web about this type of psychic travel was all speculation and scientific theory. Most of the theory was Einstein-level stuff. The fact that real scientists were debating this openly scared the hell out of her. She focused more on the speculation that seemed to be the dumbed-down version of the Einstein stuff. Hopefully there were nuggets of truth within the speculation that would guide her. How did Peter learn to do this? Did he just use trial and error? Does he have a mentor? And if he does, who the hell is it? She knew he'd been in her house before he attacked her. He must have stolen something of hers to use to find her. Something to use as an anchor. She didn't have anything physical of his, but she'd already touched him on a spiritual level when she found him at Kelly's house. She prayed that her mental connection with him would be enough. She took in a deep breath, working up her courage, and grasped the uncut diamond that hung around her neck. Looking around the room, she had enough candles lit to light a cathedral. Their flames flickered as the air conditioning blew through the vents. Nothing she read pointed to dangers for the traveler. Of course, if someone traveled and tried to possess someone, but didn't live to talk about it, how would anyone know to report it? But this was a chance that she had to take. 
She laid on a yoga mat in the middle of the room. Candles surrounded her, and the altar was by her head. She began the chant and focused on her breathing, taking in deep breaths and slowly exhaling. A calmness came over her. Similar to when she traveled before, her soul rose above her body. She looked down on her physical self as her ribs rose and fell with each breath. From above, the scene with the flowers and candles was almost romantic. Some sort of Shakespearean scene. She prayed this wouldn't end as a tragedy. The last time she went to him, she knew where he was. It was easy to walk down Kelly's hallway. How did she go about finding him now? Does she need to send out some sort of psychic feelers to get a location on him? Could her mind and past connection with him work as some sort of radar to find him? She didn't know, but it couldn't hurt to try. Peter Hinkle, she whispered his name. Centering her concentration on the image of him in her head, it started slowly, almost imperceptibly. A gentle breeze tiptoed over her soul. The space around her vibrated. As the vibrations increased, the room below disappeared and left her in a dark void. Despite her concern, she kept her mind focused on Peter's image and repeated his name. At first, it felt like a gentle tugging, as if a child was trying to pull her along. She relaxed into the pull. Much like the way sand and ocean water recede after a wave crashes, she felt that same pull, a drawing of her soul towards something. She prayed towards Peter. 53. That's the plan. Evan set the objects that Peter Hinkle had given to Nikita on the table in the interrogation room at the police station. If each item represented a murder, Anna and Olivia Shaw were not his first victims. From the vast array of souvenirs, He'd been doing this for a long time, maybe even years. Evan shuddered to think what they'd find in Peter's file cabinets and storage armoire. There was a reason Lexi kept seeing it, and it couldn't be good. Officer Ashley Barkley knocked on the door and peeked in. Mrs. Hatfield, Kira Hatfield's mother, she's here. Should I escort her in? Officer Barkley couldn't imagine the trauma that Kira's mother was dealing with after seeing Kira's beloved cat eating her daughter. Evan nodded. Yes, let's see if she recognizes something. He hoped some of those items were from the same murder scene. That would at least shrink the number of murders that Peter had committed. Officer Barkley knocked on the door again and walked into the room. She glanced at the table and then at the middle-aged woman she discorded in and said, Mrs. Hatfield. This is Detective Steele. We have some items we'd like you to look at. Evan turned to face her. Mrs. Hatfield, I am truly sorry for your loss, but thank you for coming in here today. Mrs. Hatfield stood tall, doing everything possible to keep her emotions in check. She glanced at the table and then at Evan. You got these things from the killer? No, Evan shook his head. Maybe he shouldn't have said that. I cannot discuss an ongoing case, but if you recognize something that belonged to Kira, please point it out to us. He paused as Mrs. Hatfield took a tissue out of her purse and dabbed at her eyes. Take your time. There's no rush. How that lie slipped out, he had no clue. 
there was a rush. When he'd returned earlier to the police station, he'd called a friend who worked at the courts. For now, Peter was in a trial representing a client, but eventually, the court would recess for the day. When that happened, there was no telling what Peter would do. Mrs. Hatfield shoved the tissue back into her purse and stepped up to the table. Is each one of these from a different victim? She was dumbfounded. The table was littered with objects. There has to be at least a hundred things here, she muttered in shock. Evan wanted to tell her that they knew who the killer was and would soon have proof, but he couldn't. Dealing with the victim's family was his least favorite part of the job. He loved nailing the bastards, giving the family's closure, but this part was bad. Do you recognize anything as Kira's? Mrs. Hatfield's heart raced when she recognized an emerald necklace. The emerald had a diamond on each side and hung from a gold chain. She reached out to pick it up. I'm sorry, Evan said, putting his hand in front of hers. Please don't touch. These items are evidence. Mrs. Hatfield's brow furrowed. But it's my daughter's. Evan nodded in understanding. After the trial, we will return it to you. Do you have any proof that this belongs to Kira? A picture? A receipt? She nodded and sniffled as she pulled her cell out of her purse. She opened the photos app and tapped on the photo of her and Kira together. She held the photo up to Evan. Here's my proof. Her eyes flooded with tears. Could you please send that to me? Evan asked. He handed her a card that had his information on it. This is very helpful. Get that bastard, she gritted out. He nodded. That's the plan. I hope you enjoyed that portion of Lexi Wells. I am busy working with other authors to bring you a variety of audiobooks to enjoy. The occasional author interview will also give you a backstage view of the worlds and characters within these novels. Do you want to be a part of my secret obsession? I'm looking for secrets and tattletales to read aloud on the podcast. Do you know any small town secrets? Have you had a brush with danger that rocked your world? Are supernatural activities or hauntings keeping you up at night? Write your story and send it to my secret obsession podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow my secret obsession on Instagram and X at Cherish Lively. <laughs>